So we are going to be going away this coming week. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be in Orlando. So if anybody's yeah. in Orlando this week, you know, shoot us a message, you know, have coffee with us, whatever. We're going to be hanging out um, in the uh, what, International Boulevard area will be. Yeah, right down by the convention center. Yes. Yeah, so if any any truck drivers are coming through, I don't think there's truck parking in that area though. I mean, oh, there's. I'm sure there's some place that we could find some kind of truck parking. I mean, there's right down the street. There is a. Um, there's like actually some big fields right in that area. I hop or something. There is a, a restaurant right there, and it's right off of. It's right near the eye, or not the eye, but the what's that big thing? That, that you go around. That's like the a, eye, but that's in the other direction. But like literally right off, like when right when you come out where the hotel and stuff is, right to like there is a major interstate that intercedes. I want to say it was like four, but I'm not sure if it's four. I have to look at the map. And then the following week, we're going to be up near Pensacola up mm-hmm. in uh, Fort Walton Beach, Destin area. So you truck drivers up in that area, be sure to look us up and uh, hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll do a little bit of video work up there within. Yeah, just shoot us a pod. Yes. Or a pod. Shoot. <laughs> Just shoot us a pod. Shoot us a pod. You know that when we'll use it. We won't do our own. You know. That's that's I like that, Ruth Ann. Um that would be super cool. That, that would be funny, right? Take the you know, the uh, work out of this next podcast. You know what we need to do? What's that? We need to get everybody, all your drivers, everyone that listens, shoot us like just a minute of saying something. Oh well, how about five seconds? Well, I mean, well, I mean, I, if you want to splice it all together, we can make a video. That's what I'm saying. We could we send us something. Tell us what your favorite thing about truck driving is. What what the favorite place is that you've seen. Anything at all that deals with driving. Yeah, or just shoot us. A, yeah, like Ruthann said, shoot us a five to fifteen second video of you. You know, maybe mention your company name or mention your CB handle or you know whatever. Just say something and maybe we'll splice a big video together with everybody in it. That would be really cool. That was cool. Cool little thought, Ruthann. So uh, this week we've got a bunch of stuff. Of course, you know we have another famous truck wreck we're going to be talking about. And we got a couple articles I'd like to mention, but you have a couple things also. You have this some more sightseeing uh, right. things for these drivers. You got two more states. What states are you on this I have week? California and Colorado. So California and Colorado. Yeah, and so I, we're, we're I got to say, California is a big state, and there is a lot of stuff that you can see. So what I did is I got a couple more items, and I tried to go a little bit big with you know like to try and hit everybody but i'm actually super excited to tell you all what you can see at colorado oh sweet i'm, I'm excited to hear it and so you got the word of the jet the, the word of the day i do and then you've got the sites and maybe a few other things so you wanted to mention the veteran thing then yes a little bit later the contest that's going on mm-hmm. that they can win is it a kenworth t680 it is it's um it's uh veterans the military veteran um award so, all right. What is the cutoff date for that, anyways? It's actually July thirty first. So okay. you only have till then to get your nominations in. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's take a break. Truck Parking Club is a network of instantly reservable daily and monthly truck parking locations throughout the U.S. Truck Parking Club helps connect truckers to truck parking locations throughout the U.S. via Truck parkingclub.com. Our networks is made up of property owners that have locations adequate for truck parking to list on the platform. This includes trucking companies, storage companies, CDL schools, 
schools, trailer leasing companies, real estate investors, truck parking operators, and more. Go to truckparkingclub.com today. If you're a driver looking for a new trucking job, check out NCI. NCI offers the following. New Kenworth T680s, competitive wages, solo team, and students welcome, plus a full benefit package for you and your family. Check them out today at 888-311-7076. That's 888-7076. And tell them TalkCDL sent you. Hey, drivers, are you sick of watching the other drivers bypass the way station while you are held up going through yourself? Well, download DriveWise today at www.drivewise.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. And start bypassing the scales yourself. If you're a small carrier, an owner-operator, or even a big fleet looking for something better, check out DriveWise today. And remember, there's no equipment, no transponders needed when you're using DriveWise. Check them out for a free download at www.drivewyze.com. Drivers, if you're looking for a local home everyday driving job, apply with Carter Lumber today. They have positions for Class A and Class B local drivers. They can take experienced drivers, students, and non-CDL drivers. With over 160 locations, chances are they have a position for you. So go to carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL and apply today. Again, that's carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. Thank you. All right. So, you know, before we get started, Ruth Ann just flashed me. Um, <laughs> she didn't flash me. She flashed me. <laughs> <laughs> she she flashed me a picture of the truck that this this contest or um that anybody can get um nominated for um and, and again you don't have to be a uh your DD214 does not have to say that you are a truck driver you just have to be ex military or current military and you know with a current class A CDL I guess right then right something to that effect no you have to be a veteran you just have to be a veteran. That's it's uh, pretty simple. I should have just said that. So, um, but you just flashed me a picture of the Kenworth T680, and I realized when you flashed it, that's a next gen. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna read you the description. Okay, go ahead. Let's, this is what you truck drivers, if you're a veteran, can win I- I- as long as somebody nominates you. Right. So it says, in recognition of Kenworth's 100th anniversary, this year's award is a 2680 or T680. Sorry. What did I say two? I'm looking new, at the new models of two six eighty. Two six eighty. T six eighty signature edition anniversary truck. It is equipped with a seventy six inch sleeper and the Packard powertrain featuring the Packard MX thirteen engine rated at four hundred and fifty five horsepower, the Packard TX twelve automated transmission, and a Packard DX forty tandem rear axles, according to Kenworth. The T680 Signature Edition Diamond VIT features a black onyx grille and side air tank intake 
and prominent Kenworth 100 badges on the sleeper. The truck is painted in century platinum metallic signature paint and features specially designed anniversary wheels in black. It is black interior with legacy red stitching accents throughout the cab and sleeper. This package also includes Kenworth's 100 branded GT703 seats with red accent, special brushed platinum dash and door trim, along with the Kenworth 100 logo stitched into the sleeper back wall. Sounds cool, doesn't it? It actually actually did sound pretty hot. I like that. And like I said, it's the next gen. It's got those really cool new headlights on the, uh, on the truck itself. So, um, again, let's talk about that for a second. So how to not, how to nominate any of your vet. Now, let me ask you this. Ruthann, let's say you're a trucking company, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to nominate. Do you help, can you only nominate one, or if you let's say you're let's say you're uh, let's say you're Swift and you have uh, a thousand veterans working for you, can you nominate every one of them, or do you only nominate one per company, How, or don't you know if that's what the rule is on that? Maybe they should go to it and. It, it and actually okay, to to even be. It's called hiring our heroes. So to start doing it, you actually have to be a rookie military veteran. So you can't be out of the military for years. It's where you come, where you're just recently left the military and made that transition into the trucking industry. So you have to be new into the trucking industry. I wonder how new. Um, That I don't know. I wonder if... Well, why don't you at least give them the address to where they go, and they can read the fine print and the actual stipulations on who you can nominate. It's a good question, but um, where where do they go to get entered into the contest? You had it last week. Well, you could go into any one of the websites um, that will do it. This one here is... uh, Full criteria on online nomination forms are available now on the Transition Truck Transition Trucking Driving for Excellence website. That's that one. And then I had given you, I think, a different one last year or last podcast that you can also go to. But the end of the nominations is July 31st. And then they're going to take the top 10 of those nominations and they're going to announce them on September 1st. Then once that's done, then they're going to go in October. They're going to have three final um, nominations that are going to be chosen December 15th. Which one of those three that are going to do it? But in the meantime, you get to go to. Um, it's actually. I'm, Ken- lo- I'm sorry. I looked it up. No, that's right. It, uh, if you just go to Kenworth, mm-hmm. go to their website. And then look for, like you said, tra- see, I didn't catch that word transitioning. Mm-hmm. So it's it's people that are transitioning from the military to the service. You'd have to read the fine print. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, I don't see where it says it, how long. Like, it, I'm, I'm going to really honestly guess that it's going to have to be really close to. It just says being a legal resident of the United States and military veteran or current former member of the National Guard or Reserves because National Guards and Reserves are slightly different with their um, needing to do their two weeks and so forth. So 
they're still going to be, quote, in the military at the same time. So airdrop that picture over to me real quick. I'd like to actually have that up here. That is hot. That's see. a really, and what, what is that, like a metallic color? Truck? Yeah, it's platinum. Oh, it's a, pl- the, so it's almost like my truck, my pickup. The, uh, no, this the, one's more metallic than your pickup. Right, but I'm just saying it's like one of those newer colors that's out, you know, in the last couple of years, they've come out with these new funky colors that you're seeing on cars and now big rigs and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. It is pretty hot. Um, but anyways, yeah, like like uh, Ruth Ann said, you know, just go to Kenworth and, and research for the transitioning service members and uh, you can... Oop, there it is. She just sent it over to me, and I am going to pick it up right now. Um, so anyways, Ruthann, is there anything else you have for that at all? No. Um, I think we pretty much discussed it. Like Troy said, go to Kenworth's website. You could also see it there. You could see what you what the steps are as far as, you know, going and, and seeing. You can go, you go to Columbus, Ohio, to the National Veterans Memorial and Museum, to attend a receptionist. That's the top 10 finalists. And then you um, you get to see the Kenworth uh, Chillicothe Manufacturing Plant um, and MHC Road Ready Center. So there's things that you get to do um, during the whole time that you're going through the process. So it's all really exciting. And I want to wish everyone that's, that's being nominated good luck. And it'd be nice to maybe do a little interview with you once you get your truck. All right, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. All right, so check this out. I mean, I, I kind of just wanted to bring make awareness to this, which, again, I'm the, it, I looked at it and then I thought to myself, well, is it really a big impact on anything? Um, listen to this. It says, the dangers you can't see may be lurking in your unwashed bedding. <laughs> exactly. And then you're thinking, well, bugs? No. Um, what it is is, here, listen, just read a little bit of the article. It says, monsters, monsters under the bed aren't the only bedtime horrors to worry about. Obviously, Ruthann, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to um, bunks. Truck drivers have bunks, mm-hmm. you know, th- but this goes for every bed in America. But obviously, truck drivers, they carry their bed with them. You know, it's right behind them as they're driving. It says sheets and pillowcases may actually be embedded with bacteria, according to a new study by Amerisleep, a mattress company in Scottsdale, Arizona. And see, to me, it's like, okay, who's the one coming out with this? The ones that would benefit from, from selling new, you know, stuff. The um, Lysol laundry additive people. <laughs> I mean, it it says unwashed bedding could even contain more bacteria than toilet seats after just one week, according to the study findings. Exactly. So now, but here's what I would have to ask. Okay. So it's saying, um, unwashed bedding. Now you wash our sheets a lot and you change them. Like we're going away. So you already stripped the bed and you wanted the sheets changed for like the night we get home. We have nice clean sheets. Okay. Which is cool. Um, but you know, when I was a truck driver, and I would be out two weeks. I'll be honest with you. I didn't I didn't change the bedding not every during, week. Not during that two weeks. No, you waited till you got home and then we washed them and put them, put them on. Yeah, so I mean, maybe I was sleeping on a toilet seat. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, think about it, though. They're saying that the bacteria, you know, is, is by, it's, it's your own funk. You know what I mean? But they're saying that bacteria forms from just, 
you know, be, and mainly because this study is going to go on to talk about how, I don't know if you ever heard this before, but they say you should change your mattress in your own bed at home every, like, I don't know, five to seven years or something like that. Yeah. But they, they've done studies on mattresses itself where the mattress, I'm just going to use this for example, the mattress weighs 30 pounds, right? And when you go to throw it away, it weighs, it weighs 60 pounds. Right. Because of your skin, you lose skin as you sleep, believe it or not. And your bed, actually, your mattress gets heavier as the years go on because of the... And I don't, I'm trying to figure out, how does the skin get through your sheets? You know what I mean? Like, you have a sheet, but allegedly, your mattress gets heavier. So now, just think about a trucker bed. And this is why it's important. If you're a trucking company, listen up. Okay? I know... I know some trucking companies right now, every week when their driver gets the orientation, when they hire a driver, every single week, the absolute uh, driver gets to take a brand new mattress out of the box and put it in his truck. They don't even make him sleep in that truck, even if somebody slept on it for a day, which I think is a kind of a waste because guess what? You got to also consider hotels. Mm-hmm. How often do, do hotels change their mattresses? They probably change them often, like probably more yearly. I don't know. I really would like to know. See if you can Google that. How often do okay. hotels change their mattresses? I and mean, I would say it probably also depends on the hotels. Like the Hilton probably changes them a little more often than what like Motel it, 6 or it, something. It would be interesting to know. So anyways, truckers. Write in and let us know. How often do you change your bed sheets? Now, there are some very neat free truckers out there, Ruthann, but um, there's also drivers like me where really they slept on the same bedding for a week or two when they went home. Their wife washed everything and they put it all back together. Um, It said, during the study, volunteers swabbed their own sheets over a period of four weeks without washing them. Mm -hmm. It says the company also took bacteria samples from mattresses that were anywhere from less than a year old to seven years old. It says after just one week, the pillowcases sampled had at least three million colony forming units or CFUs per square inch. 17,442 times more bacteria than a toilet seat, which only carries 172 CFUs. How weird is that? I'm kind of keeping my... But I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't it be a different bacteria on a toilet seat versus... Maybe you're sitting your butt still on the mattress and on the sheets. But I think, I mean, this is my... Assumptions. So this is just my mind kind of coming up with some some ideas. Today, out in the world, is a higher rate of pollutants than years ago, first of all. And even though you're sitting in your tractor, your AC is still taking an intake of some of those pollutants as you're driving down the road. You're getting out, you're going into different distributors, different warehouses, the truck stop itself, into the bathrooms. So your body itself, your clothes and your skin and your hair are getting those pollutants on them. So when you go from these places, 
I mean, maybe that's why it's really good to shower prior to going into your bed um, when when you're out in the public so often. Um, then that way when you get in there, you're at least a little bit cleaner. But another reason why your mattresses weigh so much heavier is because your natural skin oils too. And your skin that falls off is more microscopic than it is like big flakes like you're sunburned. Mm-hmm. And that stuff still can go through sheets. And that's why there's different grades of sheets too. The different threading between the Egyptian cotton and, and your cheaper brands and so forth. It's, it's different woven. Now I can tell on our sheet, our, our, our mattress, we have like a cover that I have put on our mattress that helps prevent a lot going down into the mattress itself. Like we have, well, first of all, we, we are really snobby people where we like comfy, comfy. So we have that memory foam, like different layers of it. Yeah, that, then that's so true. So we have a mattress protector and then a memory foam on top. So we have like different stuff. So that has to be replaced more than the mattress itself. But I just looked, a hotel has to change its sheet or change its mattresses every three to five years, depending on how okay. often they're in there. Now think about that. So, but it doesn't give like specifics like Hilton mm-hmm. or, okay. So think about this. When you go in to a hotel, all right, you're sleeping on a bed that somebody else just slept on. Now that, yes, they changed the bed sheets. Mm-hmm. I get that. But you're also, if, if this, the microscopic skin falls through, we're all just sleeping on each other's skin. Now, this podcast part of, of, of this week, Ruth Ann, probably means nothing to most people, except if you're a germaphobe. You're probably getting creeped out right now. But I, this, this article, it goes on to say, okay, after one week, it was 3 million column-forming eunuchs. It said um, after four weeks, it jumped up, all right, literally, to almost 12 million. So it jumped up like three times or four times the amount of it was for one week. So if you don't change your bed sheets for uh, one week, you have uh, 1 million uh, colony forming units of bacteria per square inch now. That's just for each square inch. And then after four weeks, you have like 12 million. Um, You know, I read an article this week about this lady that died because she touched some kind of bacteria. It's a really rare thing you get in the woods. You know, I guess it, it, it it's in like um, moist soil and, and tree bark and stuff. So somehow she got this rare disease and died, right? Hmm. But somebody wrote, well, mainly people die from that stuff because of their immune system. Yeah. You think about that. It's like, you know, like what do like some of the mothers? We've seen this movement today, or recently, where mothers are like, "Let the kids get dirty so that they can build up immunities." It's always been, you know, right. But if you're a germaphobe, you're always washing your hand. You don't have immunities built up in your system as it's good true. as somebody that does. And I'm here to tell you, this article. I just was having a little fun with it. I, I'm not. I wouldn't go out on the road and. And probably change my bed sheets, you know, but once a week, max. I'm not going to freak out over a million colony-forming bacteria. If we were afraid of all that stuff, we'd, you might as well go back to living like it was COVID times, 
You know what I mean? Where you had to wash everything before you touched your handles and all this other stuff. And you'd live in this perfect world. So I would imagine, though, the inside of a tractor trailer isn't as sanitary as most people think it is. Um, carry a can of Lysol, spray your mattress or your bed. That's a great idea. And just spray it. I mean, they have Lysol. They have spray, like, not just the Lysol that you spray in the air, but they do have, which I use, is it's for... Um, material so you could spray like the Lysol like I sprayed on Becca's dance clothes it's a um, like just a, a regular spray and it's there's Lysol there's Tide but it helps it helps kill bacteria and here's the thing if you're uh, a person that sweats a lot I would definitely say that would be something good but if you're also a person that has more of a sensitive skin like acne or you know you get rashes a little bit or especially if you have like psoriasis or cirrhosis, psoriasis, psoriasis of on your skin. You probably want to, you know, do that a little bit more, and you can carry more than one set of sheets and just wash them. I, and I actually like your idea of just have a can of Lysol when you get up out of bed every day. Fold up your blanket and just leave your. Sh- you know, like some people want to put the blanket on the bed and make it real nice and neat. You know what? Spray that blanket. And then just drape drape it over something and then spray your bed sheet with the Lysol. It'll dry mm-hmm. um, by the time you go to back to bed later. And it will, I mean, it doesn't Lysol advertise on their can? 99.9%. Exactly. 99.9% of what is it? Bacteria and all germs. that. Germs. Just germs. Germs. So anyways, there you go, truckers. Um, just a little tip for you, a little eye opener for the bunk, for the people that are worried about their bunk. Moving on. Moving on. All right. What do you got? I have um, a woman, a a young mother, not young, but a mother, um, had two young girls that were traveling in Tennessee, and they're outside of the Knoxville area, and they end up having a car accident. And during this car accident, a uh, truck driver was going past, and um, he stopped. He worked for Load 1. And he stopped to make sure that these two young girls were okay, that there was nothing wrong. And he stayed with them until the police officers, the medical personnel, so everybody came to make sure that these girls weren't going to be sitting on the side of the road in a wrecked up car by themselves with all of this traffic and everything going on. And his name is John Huffman, by the way. So John Huffman... You are this week's great trucker that I want to recognize as Talk CDL's trucker salute of the yeah, week. I want to say thank you for being such a gentleman. And, and what's his name again? John Huffman. And he's from Load One is his company. And he, I want to assume that he's from the area there and outside of Knoxville or in the Knoxville area in Tennessee. And he just is showing what truck drivers are are old school supposed to do and he's not an old man he's a he's a young guy he's not an old truck driver so he had it embedded in him to to do things the right way from the very beginning of being a trucker yeah i've often said there's a lot of young truckers that are coming into the industry with that old school attitude and you know the brotherhood of trucking cbs helping people on the side of the road uh you know just basically out there Taking care of your part of the world, you know, that's where we live as as an over-the-road truck driver. The road is our home. The road is our bed. The road is where we sleep. The road is where we honestly are are observing all day long. So 
We sal- uh, Toxidale salutes you, John Hoffman. Is it H-U-F-F or H-O-F-F? H-U-F-F-M-A-N. And you know what he also did? What's that? He provided the dash cam from his truck to the police to show that those girls were not in the wrong. Wow. What a to show great what happened. guy. Yeah. So awesome guy. Thank you very much. You have yourself a safe drive. All right. Well, moving on. Moving on. So, Ruth Ann, I have this week's edition of Famous Ricks. Listen to this. Um, It says, a Bryan County grand jury returned indictments Wednesday against truck driver John Wayne Johnson. Who was, what's that? John Wayne Johnson. That's his name, John Wayne Johnson, um, who was involved in the April 2015 crash on Interstate 16. Now, this happened a while ago. It said this crash killed five Georgia Southern University nursing students. Um, And I uh, remember that accident. I don't, do you remember that accident or not? I think I it says and it says indictments also were returned against total transportation and we're going to have the uh, verdict against them also here a little later. It says total transportation of Mississippi, the company that employed Johnson. It said on April 22nd, 2015, Johnson of Shreveport, Louisiana was driving a 2012 Peterbilt 587 tractor trailer when it plowed into stalled traffic on Interstate 16 in Bryan County where cars were at a standstill due to a previous wreck. The early morning collision involved seven vehicles and killed five, injuring others. Do you remember that? I I remember this because these are nursing students. I think they just graduated and they were on their way home from a celebration or on their way to one. And, you know, I mean, they were just getting their lives started, young young nurses. It said killed in the crash was Caitlin Nicole Baggert of Millen, Emily Elizabeth Clark of Powder Springs, Abby Lauren uh, De- Deloach of Savannah, Morgan Bass of Leesburg, and Catherine McKay Pittman of Alpharetta. A sixth student listed as a victim in the indictments is Brittany Deshay McDaniel, whose spine was rendered useless in the crash, according to, to the indictments. Um, Megan Richards of Loganville also was injured in the wreck. So not only did people get killed, but people's lives were destroyed. You know, I, I just like to bring awareness, and a lot of these wrecks happen where there is a standstill and you know, the awareness really needs to be for those that do not pay attention for those. And I'm not, and we're going to go into this. It's going to say they couldn't prove he was texting, although they did see that he was previously texting. Um, but they can't prove that he was texting at the second of impact. Um, but awareness has to be brought to the trucking industry, to the drivers now that do constantly look down at their phone that is illegal to touch, by the way, that are streaming things, that are researching 
and, and, and surfing the internet while driving. That has to be brought. And, and, and if we're being honest, this truck driver is never going to ever, he's never going to be working as a truck driver again because there's no insurance company that'll ever pick him up. No, no, you don't. You, it's it's careless. It's it's neglect. There's so many things that can be said about a driver that that has that type of accident. There's last minute is one thing, but when everything's at a standstill, that's not last minute. That's you not paying attention. That's not someone suddenly breaking. That's you not looking ahead enough. That's you not paying attention. In fact, you know, it brings up a great memory of when I was in driving school. And one of the things that they really pushed, okay, at the school I went to was looking as far ahead as you can see at all times and watching your mirrors every, it's like five to seven seconds or something like that. You're constantly monitoring your mirrors and you're constantly looking up ahead for any anything that could be a hazard to you that you may have to get out of the way of. That's why when truckers are passing somebody, a really good truck driver, Ruthann, um, does the opposite of what four-wheelers do in a passing situation. They see somebody a half a mile ahead or a quarter mile ahead, and they see, I'm gaining this on this guy. Within a quarter mile, truck drivers are getting out into that hammer lane mm-hmm. where four-wheelers wait till they're up someone's ass, and then they swerve out. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot of times with cars. And that's why we taught our kids, look ahead and, and be prepared. Why get yourself trapped behind somebody? But anyways, this is all about paying attention. That's what we're talking about here. It says here, it says, in, in, in the state of Georgia versus John Wayne Johnson, indictments include five counts of first degree homicide by vehicle, mm-hmm. all felonies. One count of serious injury by vehicle. One count of reckless driving. One count of failure to exercise due care, and one count of following too closely. Now listen to this. It says, the charges of reckless driving and failure to exercise due care uh, due care stem from the state's allegations that Johnson was in reckless disregard of the safety of persons and property by failing to observe the roadway in front of him, just like we were just talking. Yep. According to lawsuits brought by the victims' families, most of which have been settled, Johnson's truck was traveling about 70 miles an hour and did not slow down when it crashed into the Toyota Corolla occupied by Clark Pittman Baggert. A Ford Escape in front of the Corolla held Deloach, Bass, Richards, and McDaniel. All were GSU nursing students who were traveling to their last clinical of the year in Savannah when the crash occurred. So that's where they were going. It says, um, uh, let's see here. Joseph A. Fried of Fried Rogers, Goldberg LLC of Atlanta, who represents the families of Bass and Pittman, confirmed reports that Johnson had a significant amount. I don't know what this has anything to do with it, but it said he had a lot of pornography in the truck cab when the crash occurred. Um, if you remember, there's a famous crash, and maybe we'll bring maybe we'll bring that one in, where a guy um, was was surfing pornography when he killed a couple people. Um, in fact, we'll probably bring that one in also. 
It said, we are unsure whether he was online at the time of the collision. He said, there was a lot of porn in the truck. We don't think he was actually texting at the time of the wreck, but he had been, but he had been earlier. So something obviously had this guy looking down or looking away. Because when you hit that stop traffic at 70 miles an hour, that means you didn't, what are we what are we always watching for on the interstates brake lights yes seriously every time you see when you see like one or two brake lights okay it's nothing but when you're going wow what do i i see brake lights up ahead right we're always saying that when we're traveling on the interstate so you know just okay we better start slowing down make sure the clown behind you is not you know run is is paying attention everybody's you know kind of jockeying to slow down and stop safely well when you come up onto a a stopped an, a, an entire interstate that stopped. That means you didn't look. You you had to have not looked for X amount of time. You know what I'm saying? So I would say personally, he was looking at something. That's what I was saying. Yeah, you have to, when you're looking ahead, you see when someone stop when there's enough stop traffic. He wasn't focused at all. Yes, it says. Um, now let's get to this state versus total transportation. Okay. Now this is the company. What do we always, what do I always tell people, um, when a trucking company hires somebody that they knew had certain charges or, or, or accidents or whatever against them. If this driver goes down the road and does something dumb in your truck, you now are going to get hit with. It's a term called negligent hiring. Mm -hmm. They have other terms for it, which this one does. Okay, but bottom line is when you hire a guy that, like, has had issues in the past and then he goes down the road and does something like this, you know, you basically bring your checkbook to the courthouse. Yeah, Yeah, you're going to get slammed with something. You're going to get slammed with a lot. So it says total transportation of Mississippi, which employed Johnson also inf- also faces indictments as a company. All felonies, the indictments include one count of criminal responsibility of corporations. See that? They had a responsibility. Mm-hmm. It said five counts of first-degree homicide by vehicle and one count of serious injury. So this, this um, homicide by truck, it looks like they're charging, they were back then were charging the company also besides the driver with that charge. It's good. It's interesting, though, the way that happens. Um, so, you know, you're kind of responsible for your driver. And, you know, I, I bet you there's a lot of companies out there, smaller companies, that think that the driver is the one that bears the responsibility of stuff like this when they do dumb things. It mm-hmm. says, regarding the charge of criminal responsibility of corporations, this is almost like the negligent hiring thing, I think. Mm-hmm. He says, the indictment states the company showed reckless tolerance involving the employment of John Wayne Johnson when the corporation had knowledge he was an unsafe truck driver. Mm. That's what it says in the article. So he had other actions against him that they were aware of. I, I don't know, but like... like you know, they, they, If he says they're aware of it, that, that means that they knew of it. Yeah, I mean, companies take chances... You know, the more desperate you are in your hiring process, the more you have to um, take chances. And big companies like that, which I believe they were owned by U.S. Express. 
pretty sure. I don't remember. Right. So I don't know. I, I've but, no idea, but bottom line is. They were aware of it either from oh, oh. his DAC, from other companies saying he's an unsafe driver. Or oh, unsa- safe. Of something. Or MVR, yeah. You're just you're surmising what it was. Yeah. We don't know for sure what they were aware of. It says previous suits included allegations that the company knew Johnson had a bad driving record. There it is right yeah. there. And was physically exhausted after an extended wait before starting the trip to Savannah to deliver paper goods. So not only were they aware that he had a bad driving record, this this suit alleges. Okay. Alleged, rather, back then. It's already over. But they also had knowledge that this guy was exhausted when he got in the truck to make the trip to Savannah. See, this is... So what year again was this? 2015. So it was before ELDs? Absolutely. There you go. So, well, before mandatory. Mm -hmm. So it said... um, the counts of first-degree vehicular homicide law responsibility on the company for recklessly tolerating the operation of a motor vehicle by Johnson as an agent of Total Transportation of Mississippi, LLC. The charge of serious injury by motor vehicle stems from McDaniel's injuries. And then it says, in the settlement reached on April 2016, days before a civil trial was set to begin, more than $84 million was awarded to the families of four um, of the five killed in the accident. A fifth case has not yet reached a settlement, according to reports. Hmm. Exactly. Now, this says this was this was reached before. It says this was reached before a civil trial was to begin. Right. So that's probably more money. Um. Anyways, that is... I, that accident stood out in me when I was looking, you know, famous wrecks up. And I remembered that one. I remember thinking to myself, wow, you know, the devastation that we can do. And, and don't get me wrong, four-wheelers can, can also create death. But the impact on 80,000 pounds mm-hmm. hitting a vehicle stopped. Right. At 70 miles per hour. I went on to read. Now, so you got to understand, the one vehicle where people were wiped out was in front of the vehicle he hit. So um, a tractor trailer can do so much damage. And, and guys and gals, I mean this sincerely, most of you are good drivers. The, the, roads, the roads in America, Ruthann, would be super unsafe. But most of these guys, we go down the road, you can go down the road. If, if I'm going into town and I'm passing a few tractor trailers, most of the time I'm not seeing unsafe operations, okay? We went to Orlando the other day, all right? And on our way, we on our dash cam, we caught a flatbedder swerve. I don't know what happened. He swerved, cut people off, and then almost lost it. Um, I seen that, okay? Um, one time my dash cam didn't catch it, but... Um, we were on our way to Orlando and a tractor trailer did a power slide in the medium. And then he literally came out of it and, and came back up on the interstate and kept going. I was like, wow. I mean, what a time to not have your dash cam working. Mm -hmm. But all I'm saying is a semi truck 
can do so much damage. I know most of you guys are good guys and good gals out there. But for you drivers that are listening to me right now, that every now and then you think, listen, man, I've I've done it a million times. I've, 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 I've surfed on the internet. I pick up the phone. I text all the time because I'm constantly careful. Listen, all you need is the wrong text to, t- to draw your mind into that phone and to look away. Honestly, it's all it takes is for you to look up and, 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 and have it too late. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's true. There's a point where you look up and you go, ah, and, and your mind realizes there is no getting out of this one. There is no do overs here. The impact is going to happen in less than a quarter second. Your whole brain is going to flash all this crap in front of you. And then at the scene, after it happens, you're sitting there with the most bizarre look on your screwed up face because you're looking at the devastation you just did and you're shaking your head and you're going, what the hell? And you're trying to figure out what, if any way you could not be at fault and you're sitting there going, why, 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 why? Ruthann, you know what I'm talking about. I do. I do. I mean, even little accidents happens or speeding that happens. Imagine the the catastrophe of a major accident in a tractor trailer with you being loaded with, with, you know, you just seen a family in front of you two seconds ago. You know, that you bring up a great example. I sit there. If I get a speeding ticket on the side of the road going, Troy, you're an asshole. You're so stupid. You already knew you shouldn't have been doing 15 over, 10 over in this area. You, you already know the cops are always in this area. Why do you, or you shouldn't be speeding to begin with. What, I sit there mowing it over going, why, why? You have this crazy regret. Can't Im- I cannot imagine what it would be like at the scene of a death mass wreck that I am at fault at because, because I was looking down reading something, and I'll say it again, guys. They're going to pull the records. You can take your phone and burn it all you want. They're going to go to AT&T or whoever you have your records with. And I promise you, they're going to get every record and they're going to see that you were on your phone and then you are going to be up for homicide. And by the way, this guy, um, I actually don't have, he did, he did get, I think five years. I think he got five years in prison over it. Pretty sure. Um, pull it up real quick while we're still on it. His name is, uh, what was his name? John Wayne Johnson. John Wayne Johnson, trucker, sentence. Just pull that up real quick. And um, I'd like to, uh, to, to show, because you look at some of these drivers, you know, we've reported on some of these drivers that have gotten like 80 or 100 years or 50 years, and, and they were good drivers up till that moment. And all of a sudden, now they're sitting in a prison cell. So not only are you, uh, you going to have a moment where you're sitting at the scene of an accident and cops are interviewing you and, and, and you know you're screwed, you're now, once you get convicted of this, okay, this guy didn't have alcohol or nothing on him, Ruthann. He just did, he just screwed up by, by doing something that he wasn't paying attention to. And he got five years. Did, is it five years? Do you have it? Yeah, John, it says John Wayne Johnson, John Wayne Johnson sits in a courtroom table before pleading guilty to five counts of first degree vehicular homicide and other charges in Pembroke, Georgia, on Thursday, July 14, 2016. 
So what was it? The total was five years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means he's out already. Okay. And, you know, if, if we're being honest. One year for each life lost. I know, man. I mean, he should, he probably, um, I would imagine he feels And he bad. was 56. I would imagine the man probably doesn't want to drive a truck again. It's because he pleaded. Right. But he's got to feel super lucky. That's like the deal of the century. A year for each death. You have something else? So anyways, that's the second part, drivers. This guy didn't even get convicted of texting and driving. Obviously, they couldn't prove it, but he still went to prison. And he could have gotten 93 years. He could have gotten 93 years is what they're saying. So he obviously took the deal of a lifetime a year for each one he killed. And But just imagine the moment that that bar locked behind him and he realized... Hey, I was just at my job supporting my family a couple months ago, and I, I, I am now responsible for five deaths. I'm in prison, and I feel bad for the guy. I'm not going to lie and say I don't feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for him because he messed up. We all mess up. You know, you feel guy f- bad for the guy that messed up, um, but at the same time, you feel worse for the victims and their families and everybody out there that is suffering forever over this. Oh, I'm reading. I'm reading over this. And it says he had been driving all night from Mississippi to deliver a shipment of notebooks to a realtor's warehouse in Savannah and was about 20 minutes from his destination when he cra- when a crash occurred. Blood tests found no traces of drugs or alcohol. Tolly, which is, I guess, his lawyer, said, and then he also said that there was no, um, the cell phone records show that he hadn't made a call or sent any texts for at least two hours. So he hasn't made a call or sent any texts, but they don't know what else he could have been doing. Okay, so at least at least he wasn't texting and driving. He but was an ex-marine. Yeah, see, and he I mean, pleaded, and he said, "I take full responsibility." So he didn't argue it, and I think that's probably what gave some of the. See that right there makes me look at him totally different. He stood up and said, "I take full responsibility for mm-hmm. it." And in all honesty, you know, again, you know, I will guarantee you that man is gonna. Every time he thinks about it, every time he relives it in his mind, he's probably saying to himself. Wow. It's like you can't go back. You can never go back and get that back. And that's got to be horrifying for this poor man. And uh, I do, again, man, he's a trucker. I feel bad for the guy. And a lot of people out there right now are probably saying, I don't feel bad for him because he killed people. Yeah, he messed up. I feel bad. Uh, Now, the guy that gets drunk and does drugs, I don't feel bad for that guy when he goes to prison. I really don't. Okay. But I feel bad for the guy that messed up like this guy did. And I feel more I feel more compassion for the victims. I'll say that every week. Ruthann, time to move on. Moving on. Moving on. Hey, um kind of I, I was thinking about giving out like a dunce cap award. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Um listen to this listen to this article. An oil delivery truck I'm sorry, an oil oil delivery truck driver allegedly tested Six times above the legal limit to drive a commercial vehicle, state police said. Joshua Blanchett, 35 years of age of Lisbon, was arrested in Colchester around 6 p.m. This is Connecticut, by the way. It says state police said his boss. This is the this is amazing. This part right here. It says his boss pulled him over on Old Hebron Road because he thought he was drunk. 
Blanchett had 2,200 gallons of fuel oil in his delivery truck at the time, according to state police. So he's probably headed to, again, it doesn't say the company he was working for. You know, like you see those big pilot fuel mm-hmm. trucks and big fuel trucks going down the road. This guy had 2,200 gallons of gasoline, uh, or it says fuel oil, rather, in the truck that he was delivering. But somewhere along the line, it sounds like this is what I'm... This is what I think happened. I'm going to tell you what I think happened. I think the guy came in that day. Sounds like he has a day cab. Usually they are. I think he came in that day and one of his, somebody at the facility smelled alcohol on him or he was slurring. And he took, he got in the truck and took off for his run. Mm-hmm. And somebody went in and said, boss man. It doesn't say who his boss was. It just says his boss pulled him over on Old Hebron Road. I think the boss went, he's what? Mm-hmm. We're all, why'd you let him go? You should, you know what I mean? But I bet you the boss was probably glad they told him, but probably pissed off that they let the guy get, you know, you, that, pull at all, off the lot yeah, type of thing. They, and the guy might have been violent, whatever, you know what I mean? It might have been, been a woman, you know what I mean? That, you know what I mean? It's not like she can tackle the guy. But the bottom line is, the boss jumped in his car and and went flying down the road and caught up with this guy and pulled his ass over and probably flagged him over and just probably fired his ass right on on the side of the road but or somehow called the police also cuz the police caught up with him so this guy got pulled over by his boss and then i'm guessing that's when the cops got there at the same time mm-hmm and arrested his ass, which they should have. Right. So he gets the screw up. I'm going to call this the I'm never getting a trucking job award again. Can we call it that? Yeah, you can call it whatever you want. So Joshua Blanchett, we salute you for becoming the truck driver that gets the first award that says I'm never getting a trucking job ever again. Because nobody's going to insure you when you get a DUI in a commercial vehicle. That is an, what they call a never no-no. No, 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 no. Trucking companies that even that will hire you with a DUI, first off, it usually has to be five to seven years old, and, and they say no more than one in a lifetime, and then there's this little fine print right after it that says, and never in a commercial vehicle. Correct. So if you're a guy that <laughs> drinks, okay, and you drink and attract the trailer, I would assure you, guess what? You might want to, you might want to consider getting help before you drive your truck again. Ruthann, moving on. Moving on. Guess what I got? I got an article that follows up with that. Okay. I'm serious. <laughs> Let's hear it. It's, 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 uh, it says, troopers talk about alcohol in a semi truck. It's just a quick five-second little article. And, and it's, it realistically, here's what it says. It says, it says uh, the Iowa State Patrol Commercial Motor Vehicle Unit recently shared a buzzy Social media post about legalities of drinking and possessing alcohol. So basically, we talked about this before. Can a driver have alcohol in his refrigerator? Unopened bottles of beer. Can he have it in his truck? And um, Sergeant um, Morris Morris gave us some really good stipulations on that. And now here's the Iowa State Police. They're saying, listen, um, in, in Jul- on the July 7th post, Iowa State Patrol reminded truckers, if you guys question even if you're an owner operator you guys should really tune into this part of it it says uh is it legal or is it not legal to have alcohol in the truck it says most know this 
but some do not. If you do not know alcohol is legal to possess in a CM vehicle while on duty, unless part of your load and part of your bill of lading. Okay. Unless now listen to this. It says, enjoy a couple cold ones while off duty and staying at a truck stop. Question mark. It says, don't buy more than you plan to drink as going back on duty with them on board is a violation of the federal uh, regulations. Always drink responsibly and don't get behind the wheel if you're impaired. So I think it's like seven or eight hours a trucker, if he has a beer, if he's at a truck stop and he legally has a beer, okay, he's got to wait X amount of hours anyways. But it says Iowa State uh, Patrol say that having a beer in your truck's fridge, okay, an unopened bottle while on duty could result in a $135 fine and a CVSA out-of-service order. Now, here's what it really is coming down to. I'm not going to read the rest. I'm just going to tell you what it says. It says, if you don't have alcohol on your bill of lading, meaning it's part of the load, okay, that should be carried in, in your refrigerator, all right, if you don't have that being shipped, then you're illegal. Is it legal to have a, a beer in your vehicle? Is it is it legal to have a beer while off duty? Yes, it is legal to have a beer. But let's say you buy a six-pack and you drink two beers. Some drivers think they can just throw that in their, their refrigerator, especially owner-operators, guys that have their own authority. They think they can just go ahead and throw that in there because it's their truck, right? And it's unopened. It's unopened. They think this is legal. But the, 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 the Federal Motor Carrier's rule says it has to be on the manifest or the bill of lading from the shipper that, that it's part of your load, basically. If it's not on there, then putting unopened beer in your fridge is illegal. It's illegal. Any kind of alcohol in your tractor is illegal. If you're on duty. And here's the thing. You have your, your 34-hour reset. Right. So... During that time, if you're stuck at a truck stop, you're okay. Correct. But, but if you're not a person that drinks more than the six pack during that 34 hours and within the seven hours or eight hours before you go behind the wheel. So you got to take those hours off of the 34 because you can't drive if there's still alcohol in your system after you have like... Your last beer, you got to wait. Just be safe and say, you know, eight hours. So 34 minus the eight, you cannot have any alcohol past that point. So that's 24 hours. And and Ruth, and here's the other thing. Most trucking companies have a zero tolerance. Exactly. So even if you are legal on off-duty, even if you walk, even if you don't take it into your truck off duty, and let's say there's a bar across the street, I've heard so many drivers getting fired, Ruth Ann, especially with your bigger companies, mm-hmm. where they see a guy getting out of, let's just say Warner or US Express or Swift. You get out of your Swift truck, right? And you already know there's probably another Swift driver in the parking lot, but you walk you get out of your truck and you walk into the bar and maybe you're not even drinking a beer in that bar, 
But I've heard of guys getting fired, Ruthann, just going into the facility, mm-hmm. okay, in those areas. So I would be super extra careful of going even into a bar and sitting down because your 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 uh, fellow driver might call you and report you, and and it might not even be a fellow driver at your company. It might even be. You know, somebody else's company calling and saying, I'm going to report that guy. He, I already know they have a no drinking policy. And that guy, I just seen that guy carrying beer out to his truck or whatever the case is. Guys, I'm telling you, you really take a chance. And then as soon as you get fired for that, this is the part where you got to know. When you get fired for that, that is going to be on your DAC report. Mm-hmm. They are going to say, we terminated this guy for having alcohol in the truck. Company policy, they call it. Company policy violation. You know, I had um, a driver tell me a story that happened to him. He came out and he had one can of beer or one bottle or whatever it was, and he had it, and he climbed in his tractor, but he climbed in on the driver's side, and as soon as he sat behind that wheel to get back, another person from the company, I think it was, that he had worked for, seen him, they took a picture and they sent it to dispatch and said this driver has a, a, a alcohol with him. The thing is, is wow. these people do not know if you're on your 34-hour reset. They don't know that. How is someone that doesn't know you know if you're on your your reset time, or or that you have your 10-hour break and you're just going to take a drink a beer, go to sleep, you're going to be in bed now for the next eight hours? They don't know this. So, what most of these companies want is a good representation of them. And having a driver do that, they feel is not a good representation. You want to, you want to drink a beer, drink it inside. I would say, be careful, especially if you work, you're probably better off not drinking at all while you're on the road only because of, you know, I was thinking when you said that, imagine that you're, you carry a six-pack out into the parking lot, right? And somebody not is just taking pictures, but he's filming it. So even though, you climb into the driver's seat and you're sliding your ass over. If, if he held that beer up for a second, all the guy had to do is go in, edit his film, and go to that half a second portion of his film where you had the beer and you were sitting in the driver's side and just freeze it and take a picture of it. And now it looks like you were sitting in your driver's side seat, you know, partying, mm-hmm. right? which is, and you know, and you see, it's not only all about the alcohol. The companies just don't want to be represented. Exactly. With any of their drivers drinking. Exactly. They, they don't want their customers seeing it. So, guys, you got to just know you're probably better off staying away. Be honest with you, Ruth, when you and I stopped at a TA recently, and I'm like, man, look, it's just crazy how much alcohol is just sold at these truck stops. Mm-hmm. It is. It makes it hard. And then if you have a driver that wants, you know, like, they're like, man, I got to sit here. You know, a lot of them might not want that. Now, I don't know how people are in the lounge, you know, I don't, I don't go in the lounge anymore in the trucker lounges. I don't know if they want to get a beer and they want to sit in there, watch a movie, drink their beer, get a shower and then go out to their tractor. I don't know that. I don't know what kind of communications there, but you really have to watch who you sit down and talk with, what people know, because you don't want to be misrepresented yourself and make them think that you are going and going to drive. You know, you just really, really want to be careful. I want to just tell you a quick story. I, I, this, this happened a few years ago. Um, I was talking to a trucking company, and I can't remember. It was a, it was a company that had like maybe five hundred or a thousand trucks, and this, and this, um, 
guy that was one of the managers from the company, I can't remember what his title, he was telling me the story. He said, we had, um, we have a trucking school. This, this trucking company brings people in from trucking schools or they have their own school rather. And so they had five drivers that all graduated together. All right. This is crazy. On graduation day, literally the drive, one of the drivers <laughs> reached in to a vehicle. I forget what, what kind of vehicle it was one of the rigs and got a six pack out on the company's parking lot. Cause the guy, I don't know. We just ignored the rules or what and opened up a beer for each one of them. And they all did a toast in the parking lot literally on day one. And every one of them were fired right there on the spot. They didn't even, they didn't even let any of them even tell their story. They were all in violation of their no alcohol rule. And what a craziness. Can you imagine? Can can you imagine? So, what happened? I cracked a beer in graduation and toasted. Yeah, we did a <laughs> salute. Yeah. I, I just, I, I feel bad for people that want to just not think things through. The impulsive people, I feel bad for them. I'm one of them. I do that sometimes, yeah, but, but I, I'm not that silly. But you know what, though, seriously, when you think about it, how often do you think they're told those rules as they're going through the school, as they're, st- you know, in orientation. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, listen, you cannot, you cannot say you weren't told. So it is what it is, guys. Um, Ruthann, that's pretty much the podcast this week. Do you have um, the, oh, you have the sites. Let's, yes, we, we I do. an extra long podcast this week. We're over an hour. And here's what I'm going to also do. You, you talk too much. I know, humble. You never shut up. I know, man. I was like, Mister Humble. I'm going to send Troy also a link. I can share my list with everybody, and I am going to sh- do that. I am going to send Troy my link, so that everybody can go onto my list where I get this on this this website, and they can pull up all the information they want and have the addresses and and their websites and stuff. So I just shared it with Troy. So as we go through, if there's something that you see or hear, go right to it. Yeah, and just just to let everybody know, if you go to www.talkcdl.com, I know most of you listen to your podcasts on like Apple Podcast and on Google and all those big platforms on your phones, but you can also listen to TalkCDL directly right on talkcdl.com and in the article or the write-up each week okay you can actually make comments but if you go into the article on this week's podcast you'll see the link and you can download or check out these sites that Ruthann is about to talk about Ruthann so we are first up California California and Bodfish California you've got Remington Hot Springs it's one of the last free public hot springs, and it's decorated with hippie art going all around it. It's actually really cool. It looks like it's definitely inviting and, and nice. So it's a it's one in a series of geothermal heated springs that emerge along I-65 in, from Kern River with its headwaters in High Sierra and its terminus through all the boulder-pocketed 
um, windy canyons in the California Central Valley. Where did you send that link to to me? Your text. Oh, okay. Okay, cool, yeah. So it's um, part of the Native Americans had built small villages near several of the springs, but it was the the, um, Californians, I guess you would want to say, who eventually transformed these mineral soaking springs into commercial ventures. So it it started out back in the cold mine days and, and it went through, but today it's one of the free public ones and it's an undeveloped hot spring in the Kern River Valley, um, it gets 3.5 gallons per minute. Sorry, I thought you meant something. And there are four tubs total, including one away from the river in a grassy shaded area. So go and check. There is a no before you go. The tubs are located 42 miles east of Bakersfield, California, via State Highway 178 and Old Kern Canyon Road. So look at the site. It says that there's also a campground about a quarter of a mile hike from the area. Again, we'd like to see some selfies if you guys get to the... That would be so awesome. Talk CDL recommended sites to see. The weird places, Ruth Ann's looking up. She's not looking up typical. We're, we're, you're not going to get a typical um, uh, site to see. Like oh, Arizona, we didn't give you the Grand Canyon. We're mm-hmm. not going to give you the Red Oak. You're not giving them the, the big Red Oaks, Ruth Ann. Now, these are going to be sites that you probably never even heard of. That's what we're after here. Since you're truckers, you guys cover more ground than anybody. So there's a good chance that someday you'll get by some of these sites. Yeah, I mean, I'm really hope to. I mean, it's 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 all different stuff, like I said. And it takes a lot. California is so big. It took a lot to find a bunch of them. but It is a huge state. And I didn't want the normal stuff. I'm not normal. Do you have any more California? You want oh, yeah. To yeah. I've got like four of them for California. So the Mount Wilson Observatory in Pasadena, California is... Um, the original stomping grounds for the most eminent astronomers of the early 20th century. So you can go and see that. It's in the San Gabriel, San Gabriel Mountains overlooking the vast L.A. area. So it's about a 1,000 years old. Go and check that out and see what you could do. They even have a cosmic cast cosmic cafe on the observation deck so that's going to be really neat to go and look at well that would be me i'd want to eat at the cosmic cafe that's because you're just so odd and cosmetic i love food i'm a trucker um the next one is the uss hornet sea air and space museum in alameda alameda california and it's a um observing the world war ii apollo astronauts aircraft and the museum overlooks the San Francisco Bay. Nice. So that's another area, and it's got it's got both because um, it's the sea and the air. It's got both um, planes and and ships. Selfies. We want selfies, guys. Definitely. Now um, on to Colorado. Colorado is the in Westcliff. It's the Smoky Jack Observatory. Located in the world's highest altitude dark sky community, the observatory welcomes amateur and professional astronomers alike. Nice. So. Yeah, they say California's white, or Colorado. You're on Colorado. Yes. Colorado, you can see a lot out there in the big sky. Yeah. Well, it says that the because of they call it light pollution. So what it is is when you're outside of the city, you don't have as much lights around you. So it's easier to see the different stars and planets and so forth. And that's 
um, what this is here. It's in the Colorado's West Mountain Valley. So that's also something I thought that would be really fun to look at. I think it will be selfies, guys. And then here's my favorite. Uh Uh-oh, Ruthann's favorite of the week. Yeah, I mean, I have, I, I like the sky and stuff. And I think with drivers, you know, you're seeing the road so much, you don't get to see the sky as much. So I think a lot of them, that's something that would help down them and have fun. But this, this is a guy thing. It's the Shelby American Collection Museum in Boulder, Colorado. Shelby like Mustang? Yes. Wow. Look at them. I know. I'm just not a Ford guy. But, I mean, I'll be honest with you, though. Mustangs and Shelbys, stuff like that, I do, well, I I do like. Well, I think it's a guy thing. I think that's just guy. So, it's um, this unassuming building houses one of the mo- world's most extensive collections of cars created by automotive legend Carol Shelby. So, that's um, in... Let's see. It's 24 hours. Shelby was the second American to win the 24-hour Le Mans. It goes through and explains all that to him. And it is located in Boulder, Colorado. All right. Wow. That is so super cool. And, yeah, definitely, drivers, that is something that you want to see because they got some rods and all kind of neat stuff there. and uh, More than 40 cars. More than 40 cars. That's mm-hmm. not a lot. No, I mean, but it's the most extensive. It's got the... Um, yeah, but if you hang out there for an hour or two you're, and you really want to get into these cars, you know, 40 would be a, a, a good amount to look at. I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. So is, is that it, Ruth? That was it. That was my, my things. Next I have is the word of the day. Ruthann sights to see. I like that. The word of the day by word genius, Ruthann. What is the word of the day? Pungle. 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 Pungle with a P. P-U-N-G-L-E. Pungle. Hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think of pungle. 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 Is it a pungle? Is it United States maybe? It's no? um, origin is from Spain. So it's Spanish original, but it's American slang now in the 19th century. I know a word that comes from the U.S. Ain't. <laughs> well, you ain't, ain't going to beat me on that one. Well, this means something different. This is more southwestern U.S. Okay. that you'll hear it. Yeah. But some drivers might have heard it already. But pungle means to pay or hand over to shell out. So, when the pizza arrived, each roommate pungled up their share before eating. So, they all handed out their share. Yeah. Pungle is to pay. Well, I'm gonna, let's use that word on people. I'm serious. Pungle that over here. <laughs> Can you pungle me some money? <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. You don't even have to say mungle, pungle. I'm serious. I'm going to use the word pungle. Pungle is to pay. Shell out to pay, hand over. Pungle up, baby. There you go. I got to go see a man about a horse. He's going to have to pungle me. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, Ruthann, this has been a long pod, but we are out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.